When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where today we're talking about the dreaded offering plate being passed. Um, so a good time to get up and use the restroom if you see that plate coming towards you. Um, or not. Or not. There's an old preacher who, when they asked him what he did with the offerings, um, he said, well, I draw a big circle in the ground or in the dirt. I take the offering plate and, uh, and I throw it up in the air, all the money up in the air. And whatever God gets, uh, God can keep. And whatever lands on the ground, that's what I keep. Um, that's kind of silly. And we don't do that at St. Joan of Arc. Um, but here the prescriptions to do something similar to that is in the Bible. Uh, in Leviticus 23, these uh, elevation offerings, as the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible translates this. Uh, in other versions of the Bible, you'll see them called wave offerings. I think I like wave offerings better because it's kind of like going to a baseball game and it gets kind of boring in the seventh inning or ninth inning or eighth, and they do the wave, and it goes around the stadium, and uh, you get up and you wave, wave offering. And that, that's similar to what is happening in Leviticus 23. They are to take the first fruits, in other words, the first parts of their harvest, like when they go out into the field with their little sickles and scythes and cutting tools, and they cut that grain and barley, they're very careful to make sure that that first cutting goes in a special basket to be taken for these kinds of offerings. The wave offerings that are held aloft, they're held up to God and offered that way, and then given, it seems, to the Levites uh, for their sustenance and their uh, families and things like that, um, those wave offerings are this first fruit offering. And you'll see sort of the same formula repeated throughout chapter 23. Not only are grains, grain offerings of barley and wheat and things like that lifted up to God, but so is wine. Um, wine, another agricultural product from farming. And then there's some prescriptions about lambs and goats and things like that. Uh, being very careful to select lambs and goats that are without blemish. Um, and I'm not sure if we know linguistically or otherwise whether the blemishes of these lambs refers to uh, spot, spot, spots on them or uh, colorations of their wool or hair coats of the goats or if it refers to some sort of injury or um, genetic issue that's going on with the lambs and goats. Um, to me, it seems that more referring to their being damaged in some way rather than coloration. Because, But we do know from the life of Jacob, who is much earlier than this, that Jacob and his uncle have a wager that as long as, um, I think there's speckled goats and there's goats that are not speckled, and as long as, and Jacob can keep all the speckled ones, 
So he initiates this breeding program to breed more speckled goats. And so at the end of a couple of years, he has an amazing flock of goats and the father and the, his um, uncle has less. Um, I'm not sure all the details of that story, but the, the coloring and colorations of goats and lambs was pretty important, as well as their, uh, you know, their health, because that's you're supposed to offer your best, the first fruits to God. Um, this is a world almost without money that is exists. There, there certainly is money. Uh, Joseph, you know, 400 years before this is sold into slavery with um, 30 pieces of silver. So there's definitely money in this world. Uh, there's other gold coins that are found in, in bushel baskets and other things like that. So there are precious metal coins from this time period. I'm not sure how many have survived. Um, metal has a, has a shelf life that doesn't last forever. Uh, if you want to build something to last, uh, don't build it out of metal. I, when we put the columbarium in at St. Mark's Episcopal Church, when I was the, my last church I was at, I asked the guy that was building it, the columbarium guy that sort of did the whole project, how long is this going to last? And the reason I asked him that was because I was reading N.K. Jemison's book, uh, oh, what's the name of the, the Fifth Season, um, sort of a future sci-fi fantasy novel um, about, uh, set in the far future, um, where because of the way the earth kind of is at that point, the geologic shifts and things like that, that you need to build things that'll last about 10,000 years, generally speaking. Um, and so nothing in that world is built of metal. It's too brittle. It doesn't last very long for the ages that they need things to last. Um, and I asked him, how long is this going to last? Because the columbarium is made out of masonry stone, so that white uh, limestone that we have in abundance here in central Texas, and mortar, and then there's brass casings that are that the um, that our people are put into in that columbarium. Um, and I asked him how long is, and he said, "Oh, it'll last a long time." I was like, "I, I want to know, like, how long?" <laughs> and he couldn't give me an answer. I was like, a thousand years, two thousand years, three thousand years. Like, what are we talking here? Um, we don't usually think in those kinds of terms, but um, God does. That's for sure. And so, this this uh, first fruits of giving their best. They did have money, but God wanted the stuff that had emotional resonance for them to to be part of their worship. This is a, a text on how to worship. It is not a text on just how to grow your crops. It's a text on how to worship. Do we see the offering on Sunday or other times as being an act of worship? Um, certainly churches have abused uh, money over the millennia. We have um, asked people for money that didn't have it, and we have guilt trip people for not giving enough and pressured them and uh, those sorts of things to extract money from people. Uh, so we know that this is a, a fraught thing. We know that um, throughout Holy Scripture, we see admonitions not to be greedy, not to um, ask for more than you need. And those kinds of um, 
warnings are there. Jesus certainly warned about that. Uh, and yet Jesus paid his worship, worship uh, tithe, the temple tax. Um, Jesus paid it. And he paid the taxes to Rome as well. We pay a lot of these different fees and taxes and all sorts of things as modern people. But I guess the question for us is, do we see giving money to God as worship? And this is different than charity. Um, the people of God were to practice charity, as says in here. You shall not trim the corners of your field. You should always leave room for the poor. Giving to God and the wave offering and other offerings is different than charity. We often think of charity, and, and because the IRS lumps charitable giving in with giving to religious organizations, um, because we do offer charity after this meeting, I'm going to go um, help a family um, find better lodging and hopefully um, maybe some employment in the future um, and connect them with some resources to do that. We do do charity work as a church, but primarily uh, we are a religious organization, an organization that exists to worship the true and living God in spirit and truth. And so to do that, um, and so to do that, we um, we worship through our giving, and that's a that's some a spiritual discipline. We wouldn't ask people to read through the Bible in a month um, if we didn't think they were ready for it, and we certainly shouldn't ask people to to tithe and to give offerings to the church uh, without um, without their spiritual preparation for that and discipleship. So. Um, I, I, my personal belief is that we should give to God and, and you should give to a, I think to give to God in 2022, um, I think giving to the church that Jesus founded is a, a worthy way to give to God. Um, certainly you can give to God to other churches as well because Jesus founded those too. Um, I think that's, uh, the modern equivalent of this, uh, these texts in our common life. Giving to charity is important too. Giving to, to the poor is important too. We do that through our church, but we also do that outside of our church through Circle of Hope and other local organizations and maybe other charitable organizations. But that distinction between charitable giving and giving to the church that Jesus founded, to me is um, the church that Jesus founded is more in keeping um, with these texts that are that are really talking about an act of worship, um, because in every act of worship there is a kind of waste in it. There is a kind of waste. The church is not a social work organization primarily. We do help people as best we can, but it, that is not the main purpose of why we exist. There are much better and more efficient um, organizations in our community that do that kind of work, and um, and. And that should be part of decision-making when we decide what we do with the money and resources God has given us. Um, and that is, the, um, that is also our act of worship. So in that act of worship, um, I don't know, I had a thought about the act of worship there, but, but in that act of worship, there has to be a kind of waste to it. Um, that there is no, like, that, this, that while this is an investment, in the church, um, giving money to the church. Uh, and I want it to grow and I want it to be here in 2000 years. And I want to be part of that. Um, and I want the spiritual benefits of being part of that community, but also, um, there is a waste to it. 
Um, that is true of all worship. Sunday mornings are precious time. And to take three hours of your day, your one real day off a week to worship God is a, is a really big sacrifice. Um, and, we, and I don't um, discount that at all. Because that is, there is also a waste of time in that. You're not hustling. You're not out grinding. You're not out starting a third business on Sunday mornings. You're worshiping God. That holy waste of time is, a, is an act of worship. Um, similar to giving flowers to those we love. Um, or even other precious stones that, whose monetary value um, is high because of the attachment and meaning that we place on them. Flowers um, die, but we still give them because they're beautiful. That is the waste of love. That is the waste of worship. And that's what these early people of God are doing when they offer these grains to God. So I invite you into that journey to consider your giving as an act of worship and to really feel that, that worship of God, that gratitude, giving back to God what God has given to us. Um, in our Eucharistic prayer, um, there are a number of clergy uh, from, from the olden days who, when they receive the offering, sort of do an impromptu liturgy of their own devising in the offering, uh, which is not in either prayer book, right? Uh, right one or right two. Uh, to these, some of you may know this by heart. I haven't heard it in real life for a long time, but... Uh, to thee, O Lord, of thine own have we given thee. Man, I can't remember the, uh, the, the things that they say when they do the offering. Um, and yet, the money of the offering plate is placed on the altar. That is in our prayer book. We do that because it's commanded from our rubrics, from our instructions, to place the offering plate on the altar because that symbolizes our life and our labor. Our money is, this, this is a symbol of the time and our effort and our life life and our work. And so we place ourselves on the altar in the offering plate every Sunday. That is an act of worship that we are doing. We are putting that symbol of our, of our labors. And, and it's proportionate to us. It's not proportionate to each other. It is a proportionate to us, ourselves, what we have. We place that on the altar. And in the middle of the Eucharistic prayer, that is offered to God. We don't need to do a separate offering prayer, even though lots of clergy do that. Um, we do it right there in the middle of the Eucharistic prayer. We offer ourselves. Usually the gesture of that offering is hands outstretched towards the gifts. We offer these to you, O God. And it's in every Eucharistic prayer because it is an act of worship. And that's what we do. And we do it because God told God's people to do it 3,000 years ago, 3,500 3, years ago, and we're still doing it today. Um, and it's good to worship God in spirit and in truth this way. Amen. I will sing to the Lord, for he is lofty and uplifted. The horse and its rider has he hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my refuge. The Lord has become my savior. This is my God, and I will praise him, the God of my people, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a mighty warrior. Yahweh is his name. The chariots of Pharaoh and his army has he hurled into the sea. 
The finest of those who bear armor have been drowned in the Red Sea. The fathomless deep has overwhelmed them. They sank into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in might. Your right hand, O Lord, has overthrown the enemy. Who can be compared with you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, awesome in renown, and worker of wonders? You stretch forth your right hand. The earth swallowed them up. With your constant love, you led the people you redeemed. With your might, you brought them in safety to your holy dwelling. You will bring them in and plant them on the mount of your possession, the resting place you have made for yourself, O Lord, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hand has established. The Lord shall reign forever and forever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Today the Church remembers and honors Alcuin, deacon and abbot of Tours, 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 and died in in 804, 804, so a good at least 1,200 years or so ago. He was born about 730 A.D. near York, north northern England, into a noble family related to Willebrod, the first missionary to the Netherlands. Um, the um, it was the people of northern England and sort of near Scotland that became uh, did mission work in the Netherlands and other parts of Europe. Uh, we often think of Christianity starting at Rome and then slowly creeping out into northern Europe, but um, some of it went to England first and then back to Europe um, in that way. He was educated at a cathedral school in York, York Minster, under Archbishop Egbert. They don't name a lot of kids Egbert anymore, a pupil of Bede. So most of what we know about the time before this is from the Venerable Bede. He was the inventor of the footnote. If you've ever had to write a paper, you know about him or his legacy anyway. Um, So he inherited the best tradition of learning and zeal of the early English church. After ordination as a deacon in 770, he became the head of a um, school in York, So he's an educator. And following a meeting in 781 with the Emperor Charlemagne in Pavia, Italy, he was persuaded to become the emperor's prime minister, which um, had a lot to do with education at the time. And he was responsible for reviving the education and learning of the Frankish kingdom, which Charlemagne presided over. Um, Charlemagne, of course, is the Holy Roman Emperor, sort of starting that off um, as a title to both restore the kingdom of Rome by backing the popes that were there and also um, carving out a more European Catholicism in, in Europe at the time. Like grape nuts, um, like grape nuts, it was neither holy nor Roman or much of an empire as the old joke goes. But Alcuin was part of that. 
He was named abbot of Tours in 796, where he died on May 19th and was buried in the church of St. Martin. St. Martin of Tours is the patron saint of veterans. The peace treaty in World War I was signed on his feast day, November 11th, which eventually became Armistice Day and eventually became Veterans Day here in America. But uh, Martin, the soldier saint, um, he was buried there in his church. Alcuin was a man of vast learning, personal charm, and integrity of character. In his direction of Charlemagne's palace school at Aachen, he was chiefly responsible for the preservation of the classical heritage of Western civilization. Schools were revived in cathedrals and monasteries and manuscripts of both pagan and Christian writings of antiquity were collated and copied. Under the authority of Charlemagne, the liturgy was reformed and service books gathered from Rome were edited and adapted. This work, to this work, we owe the preservation of many of the collects that have come down to us, including the collect for purity at the beginning of the Holy Eucharist. Um, so it was Alcuin's work that brought um, that collect that we begin our worship services with. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may worthily love you, that we may and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. So many of our collects are very, very old, and we pray them in church um, to preserve this tradition of prayer that um, we cry out to God just as people in time past have cried out to God. So we pray, Almighty God, who raised up your servant Alcuin as a beacon of learning, shine, we pray, in our hearts, that in our generation we may show forth your praise, who called us out of darkness into your marvelous light, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you, for the honor of your name. Amen. <laughs>